year of David. Amen. And we really don't know how long in the beginning it was. We don't know how far back that was. Yeah. But I tell you, I thank God that today in this place, this is a brand new day. Another 
Amen. So let's not get comfortable and complacent. Hallelujah. Amen. God has brought me down to this place today that I may encourage you with the word. Don't miss Jesus. Amen. Don't miss Jesus. Every now and then, I don't know about you, but every now and then we could be praying for something or hoping for something or wanting something, saving for something. And that something is already in your face. It's already in your hand. How many of y'all remember that the widow who went to the prophet crying about she didn't have nothing? Yeah. He said, what you already got for At your house. Yeah. See, he told her to go use something that she already had for her blessing. Amen. So every now and then, we have to be aware and cognizant enough to be able to see that some things we already have that we're hoping and praying for. Amen. So don't miss Jesus, y'all. He's not here in the flesh with us, but he is here in the spirit with us. Amen. Amen. Jesus said of himself, he said that when I leave, I'm going to pray that the Father send you another just like me. The Greek word is paraclete, where we get our word parallel from the railroad track side by side. That's a parallelogram. And that's where we get our word para parallel from. And the paraclete, or the Holy Spirit, in other words, Jesus was saying, God is going to send you one just like me. But the good thing, listen, the, the good thing about the Holy Spirit, the rule of Hakkadesh is this, is that the Bible says not only will he be with us, hallelujah, he's also what? He's also in us. And let me tell you something, when you got the power of God living inside of you, come on now, the Bible says there's nothing that we can do that all things are possible, amen? Because I got the Spirit of God living in me. But it would be a shame and a travesty that we would have a piece of God living in us, but we would miss that. That you have the Holy Spirit living in you, but you're still saved. You got the Holy Spirit living in you, but you're still depressed. You got the Holy Spirit living in you and you're still discouraged. You got the Holy Spirit. Come on now. Amen. Amen. And I'm glad I read that 23rd song where he said, yeah, but one day he's going to restore my soul. Amen. He's going to bring me back to new. So don't miss Jesus. Come on, I want us to do some reading today. Y'all know me now. We're going to read a lot because I need you to get a biblical understanding and not my thought process. Amen. Amen. Uh, the Bible, we, we, what I want to do, uh, we're going to read the same story, but we're going to read it out of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, because I want to show you some things. So let's go ahead and start with Luke first. I love this one because I, I need to point out some things in Luke chapter 4. Don't miss Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. The Holy Spirit is living right inside of us. Don't you miss it. Amen. Now what that says is, now listen, when I talk to you, I'm fair enough to use inclusive words like us and we. I try to never teach in such a way where I got it all together and I say, y'all need to do this. Yeah. I always try to say, we need to do this. That's for us to do, amen? amen. Because I am included uh, in the devastation and the degradation that's going on on this earth. I don't want to be, but nevertheless, I am. I am a young African-American black man that was raised up in Port Arthur, Texas, amen, in America. And along my way, I acquired some predilections and some deficiencies, some sins and some faults in my life. I didn't do it on purpose, but nevertheless, I got it. Yeah. And now that I'm 58 years old, I'm asking God to try to help me eradicate those things out of my life. I, I got some stuff that ain't so good about me. I know y'all not gonna tell me, y'all don't wanna hurt my feelings, but I'm honest enough to tell myself, I got some stuff that, 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 that I don't like about me. And I know if I don't like it about me, I know you don't like it about me. But you love me enough not to slander my name, amen. You love me enough not to talk about your man, amen. You love me enough to keep on praying for me, hallelujah. But nevertheless, I got these things in my flesh, amen. 
So as we look at uh, Luke chapter 4, we're going to start right at verse 1 because there's some things that I want to point out. In Luke chapter 4, we're going to start right at verse 1. I'm reading from the New Living Translation of the Bible. Amen? If your Bible says something that is more uh, eye-popping or ear-catching, I want you to stop me and be like, Pastor, let me read it out of my version. I'm okay with that, all right? Because I want to make sure that all I will get it, we get what? We understand. understand. Amen, amen, amen. The Bible says in Luke chapter 4, uh, starting right at verse, oh wait, no, 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 no. I'm on the wrong page. I don't want to start at verse 1, I want to start at verse 14. Let's start at verse 14. Everybody ready? Luke chapter 4, verse 14. Luke chapter 4, verse 14. Everybody ready? The Bible says, then Jesus returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Reports about him spread quickly through the whole region. He taught regularly in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. Now verse 16, this is the good part. When Jesus came to the village of Nazareth, where he had grown up, he went as usual, the King James says, as his custom was, to the synagogue on what day? Sabbath day. And he stood up to read the scriptures. Now, right, the first point I want to point out is Jesus went to church on Sabbath. It says right here, if you read the King James, it says as his custom was. And another word for custom is habit. So Jesus had a habit of not only going to church, Jesus went to church on the Sabbath. So if I'm calling myself a Christian, which means I'm trying to be like Jesus, what day should you be going to church? Sabbath. Amen. Amen. No, let me, let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. I'm not trying to convince nobody to go to church on Sabbath. That's not my point. Let me put it this way. This is the reason that I come to church on Sabbath. Amen. Because that's what Jesus did. And I'm a Christian. I carry his name. So I should be doing those things that he do. So that's why we, that's why, come on, everybody say, that's why we do it. We do it. Because Jesus did. Amen. Amen. Verse 17, the scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him. Watch this now. The Bible says right here that the scroll was handed to him. He didn't go pick the scroll on his own. He didn't stand up and just start making up things to talk about. They gave him what they wanted him to read. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. All right, now watch this, watch this. It's amazing how people can get you into stuff and then get mad when you get it right. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim or to preach that the captives will be released, that the blind will have sight, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the day, I'm sorry, that the time of the Lord's favor has come. That's what he found. Now, that's an Old Testament scripture. That scripture is actually Isaiah 61, verse 1 and 2. Now, remember, I tell y'all all the time, Jesus, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, uh, Peter, uh, Paul, 65% of what they talked about was Old Testament stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, you got to realize that. Because they got a lot of people that they like to tell the Bible in half and say, well, we only going to teach the New Testament. Well, you really need to understand that 65% of what the New Testament is talking about is Old Testament reference. Amen. Amen. Verse 20 says, 
he rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant who handed it to him, and he sat down. Uh oh, maybe this is where Tupac got his album from, huh? <laughs> all eyes, <laughs> all eyes on him. Amen. All the Bible says, all eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. Then he began to speak to them. The scripture you just heard has been fulfilled this very day. Oh Lord, he just revealed to the people who he was. Salvation had just entered into their synagogue that day. Tell your neighbor, don't miss Jesus. Don't miss Jesus. Now, wouldn't it be a travesty and a shame if Jesus was to walk through these doors at 2113 Proctor and he missed it? My God. Wouldn't it be a shame Amen. that we would sit in here and just have regular church and we got the master sitting among us? Come on, tell your neighbor, don't miss Jesus. Don't miss Jesus. Yes, sir. New King James began to say to them, today, today, this scripture is filled in your head. That's right. Well, like said, today. Which is the implication, my notes say, that's really when the door of salvation was open when he made this proclamation. Amen. So verse 22 says, everyone spoke well of him and was amazed, everybody say amazed, by the gracious words that came from his lips. How can this be, they asked. Isn't this Joseph's fault? Verse 23, then he said, you will undoubtedly quote me this proverb, physician, heal yourself, which means do miracles here in your own hometown like you did in Capernaum. Amen. Bible goes on to say in verse 24, but I tell you the truth, no prophet is accepted in his own hometown. The people get too close sometimes you know they got a saying that say you can't see the forest for the tree? Yeah. But it's actually the trees that make up the forest. So when you see the trees, you actually see the forest. But what we do is we tend to focus on one tree. And when you're focusing on one tree, you can't really enjoy the whole, the whole forest. And every now and then, we're too close to situations. How many of y'all know that they don't let police officers investigate a case where their loved one was killed? You're too close. You're not, you, 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 you're going to be biased. Yeah, yeah. Amen? You're not going to be fair. So a lot of times, when you're too close to a situation, you can't glean what, what the situation is trying to teach you because you're too close. My wife looks at me, well, that's just my husband. I see him walking around naked. I stepped out the shower one day, she fell out laughing. <laughs> I'm just a husband. To my kids, I'm just daddy. I've been hearing him talk since I was born. Kind of tired of it, by the way. Amen. See, sometimes we can be too close to a situation or to a person to really grab what they try to give to us. Because we get too comfortable around them, those people. Amen. You ever had, watch this, you ever had a boss and then y'all became friends? Yeah. Or, or better yet, y'all was already friends and then they became the boss? Yeah. They don't get much respect. Why? Because I know you on a friendly, personal level. So, so sometimes you can be on the job trying to give instruction, but they looking at you as your, as their friend, so they think you're talking to everybody else in the office. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. So he's saying that we, Jesus said, but I tell you the truth, no prophet is accepted in his own hometown. And I'm going to show you, I'm gonna show you what, they, what they were saying in a minute. Verse 25. 
Now you got you to really check out, check out what Jesus said. Watch this. Certainly, there were many widows uh, in Israel that Elijah, in Elijah's time, when the heavens were closed for three and a half years and a severe famine devastated the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to them. He was sent instead to a foreigner, a widow in Zarephath in the land of Sidon. Now y'all catching what he's saying, huh? Yeah. What he's doing is he's revealing to the people that God is opening the door to salvation to everybody. Come on, tell your neighbor, salvation ain't just for Jews. See what he's saying here, now they had a whole lot of problems right in Israel. But God didn't send his prophet to where, where Israel was. God sent his prophet to where the foreigners were. That's right. Because what God is doing, though, is he's showing Israel, he's showing the Jews that this ain't all about y'all. And at that time, if you understand Hebrew and Jewish culture, you would realize that the Hebrews and the Jews, the Bible calls them what? Very what? Stiff-necked and arrogant people. God told them to be a light that shines on top of a hill that can draw all men, women, boys, and girls. They say, uh-uh, we got this thing. They hid it and they come. That's why he asked, remember the parable where he say, who hides a bushel under a lampshade? Who hides the light, in other words? Unless you just try <laughs> They're gonna fight at first, but start young with them and teach them how to share. Share in God's goodness. And the Hebrews and the Jews didn't want to share, they wanted to keep it all for themselves. But him, watch this, look at what he says again. Verse 27. And many in Israel had leprosy in the time of the prophet Elisha. Remember, I died. Watch out. Verse 26 talking about Elijah. This verse 27 is talking about Elisha. You see the difference? But the only one healed was Naaman, the Syrian. Once again, God is showing that he's opening up salvation to everybody. And everybody here really and truly need to be very, very grateful to God because if you are not a biological Jew or Hebrew, yeah. we, we could not even be in the family of God. But hallelujah, through Jesus, hallelujah, somebody say through Jesus. through Jesus. Through Jesus, we are now able to be in the family of God, those of us who are not original Israel, Amen. original Hebrew. Amen. Amen. But the only one your name is here. Verse 28. When they heard this, look, look what happened. The people in the synagogue was what? Furious. They didn't know how to share. <laughs> what, but remember what we read at first when we first started reading this. <coughs> people were very pleased at him and they were amazed. Mm -hmm. Isn't it amazing how you can be in a, in, a, in a conversation with people and everything going good until you start speaking truth? All of a sudden, you low down, dirty, double. <laughs> you ever been in a conversation like that? Everything was going good. And then all of a sudden, you begin to start speaking truth, God's truth. And all of a sudden, the people don't want to hear what you got to say no more because they're so used to hearing that denominational garbage. Yeah. They used to, used to stay so used to hearing what the Pentecostals teach. What the, the, Seventh -day, the Pentecostals say, if you don't speak in tongues, you're not saved. The seven-day Adventists say, if you don't keep the Sabbath holy, you're not saved. You got all this stuff. Why, why is it we always trying to cancel people out? Once again, I said we. Because every now and then, I get in my ways, too, and try to cancel people out. <laughs> Amen. Let's just be honest. I'm standing in the pulpit. They tell me, y'all ain't got no rope and no cell around yeah. my, my legs. So if I stand up here and lie, you better send help in here to get me. <laughs> but I try my best not to be lying behind this desk. This is safety. 
and I got to get better at finding reasons to throw people under the bus instead of exalting and lifting people up. Hallelujah. Now really and truthfully, it is the New Testament, this dispensation of grace way of doing it. This is why I wanted to read this morning. I had to read verse 19 too, where it says, it is as though God is not even counting our sins against us right now. Y'all read Paul's letter yeah. to, to the church at Corinth, the second letter? Yeah. Second Corinthians, Brown chapter five, verse yeah. 19. Five it 19. says, it's as though God not even counting our sins against us right now. Amen. 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 And don't give us life. Ain't that good? Yeah. This is the Bible saying. Yeah. We, we trying to cripple each other. We trying to cancel each other out. But the Bible says that in this dispensation of grace, the dispensation where Jesus came, that it's like God not even counting our sins against us. Amen. He says, because what? Perfect love does what? Covers a multitude of sins. It casts out all fear and doubt too. But perfect love covers a multitude of sins. Amen. Hallelujah. So what that Amen. tells me in my life, that if I need God's protection uh, over my life, I got to learn how to love people. Amen. Because love covers a multitude of sins. Now when you cover something, what's another word? What's another hide. word? You hide. It says love can hide a multitude of your sins. Amen. And I'm like, yeah, the other said, that's all I got to do is forgive you. <laughs> Amen. If all I got to do is love you to get into heaven, you just been loved on. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 So it says in verse, uh, the people were furious. Verse 29. Jumping up, they mobbed him and forced him to the edge of the hill on which the town was built. They intended to push him over the cliff, but he passed right through the crowd and went on his way. Ain't that God? Ain't that God? Ain't that what you was talking about in your testimony this morning? Elder, that, 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 that old car wreck you be telling us about, you almost got into it. God woke you up right in time to jerk that wheel. And see, that, this is saying the same thing. They, they walked him to the hill, put him on the edge of the hill, and was getting ready. Now, hold up. I don't know if you, you have to, this, this is imagery. You have to think about this in your mind. They got him. And said, wait, 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 wait. Walked him to the edge of the hill. They mobbed him. Yes. Amen. Now when somebody mob you and carry you, that means you you uh body surfing, they call it when the when the rock and roll artists jump in the crowd and, and the crowd ride him over their head. They call that body surfing. They pushed him all the way to the edge of the curve. It says that they mobbed him and they forced him. Now hold up. How in the world did they mob him and force him all the way to the edge? But then he was he was spirit man enough to walk right through. Power of Jesus. Amen. That's God. Amen. Okay, let me put it in real vernacular so you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> they got people that don't like you right now. You hang around every day and they plotting on you. But you still here. All right, man. You walking right through the crowd, the same ones. They was plotting on you to kill you, murder you, destroy you, take you down, and you walk right past them every day. And and God is in your life so much to where really and truly, they speaking to you and blessing you and don't even don't even know why. Didn't the, didn't the Bible say that God's people left Egypt with all the Egyptians' riches? Yeah, yeah. Huh? Yeah. Ain't that good? They left Egypt with all the Egyptian stuff. People will bless you when you're anointed by God. Amen. So Jesus now, it never said that he translated it to a spirit form or nothing. 
The same crowd that was trying to kill him is the same crowd he walked right through untouched. Amen. Ooh. And you and you a child of God. Amen. Come on, somebody say, I just made it. I just made it. Thank God I made it. I made it. And it says, but he passed right through the crowd and went on his way. Come on, let's go to the next story. I want to show you this in the outlet. Since we write here about Mark, let's go ahead and stop at Mark next. I want to show you something because each of the gospel writers, these are called Matthew, Mark, and Luke are called the synoptic gospels. Honestly, John is not a synoptic where we get our word synonym from meaning the same. John is really not a synoptic gospel because John talks more about the miracles of Jesus. But Matthew, Mark, and Luke, you're going to basically read the same stories just from each of their perspective. Amen? Amen. And remember, we talked about perspective a lot in the last few weeks. It all, everybody see my hand, but y'all see the bright side of my hand, and I see the dark side. We're looking at it from different perspectives. Yeah. Amen? All right. So let's go to Mark, uh, Mark chapter 6. We're going to start right at verse 1. Now, this is going to be the same story, but look how Mark tells the story. Everybody ready? Mark chapter 6. Amen. We're going to start right at verse 1. The Bible says, Jesus left that part of the country and returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. The next Sabbath, he began teaching in the, in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Now, I wanted to read it in Luke first, because Luke shows that it was his habit to go to church on the Sabbath. Now, you notice if you just read this story out of Mark, Mark don't make that point. It just say, it, Mark just says it like Jesus just happened to show up on the Sabbath. But Luke pointed out the fact that Jesus made it a habit to go to church every Sabbath. Hallelujah. Amen. How many of y'all trying to be like Christ? Amen. Well, one of the ways you can do it is you can just simply go to church on the day he went. Amen. Instead of rebelling, hallelujah, Amen. and going with all this other old teaching that the Bible don't talk about. Now, if we want to come up to, to the year 325 A.D. with Constantine, I can show you why you go to church on the first day of the week. If you want to come on up to 1517 with Martin Luther and the Reformation, I can show you why you go to church on the first day of the week. And I'm not sitting here saying that anything is wrong with any of it. But I'm simply saying, when we try to transform our lives to be like Christ, we need to try to do th the things that Christ did. Amen. 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 So he says that in verse 2, uh, verse 3, they asked, that's still verse 2, I meant the second part of verse 2. They asked, where did he get all this wisdom and power to perform such miracles? Then they scoffed. He's just a carpenter, the son of Mary, and his brothers, James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon, and his sisters, live right among us. They were deeply offended and refused. Tell your neighbor, don't miss Jesus. Don't miss Jesus. You see the word, huh? They refused. Now, the word refuse means you had a choice. That's what the word refuse. When you got a right to accept or reject something, it means that you had a choice in the matter because they got a lot of stuff in life that we don't have a choice in. Yeah. But when we choose things, that implies that there was a choice given to us. Now, watch this. It says that they refused, they chose to refuse to believe in him. Tell your neighbor, don't miss Jesus. Don't miss Jesus. Then Jesus told them this. A prophet is honored everywhere except his own hometown and among his own relatives and his own family. I'm not going to go back into it because I already talked about it once, but sometimes you can be too close. 
you living with power. You look, it named his brothers and his sisters. Some of y'all need to mark this because they got a lot of people who don't know Jesus had brothers and sisters. And Jesus had brothers and sisters. They lived in the same house with him, grew up, bathed in the same bath water, slept in the same bed with him, but did not believe in him. Because sometimes what? We can be what? A little too close. Amen. Amen. And when you're close to people, you know things about them that almost cancel them out. They were deeply refused. Then Jesus told them, a prophet is without one except his own hometown among his own relatives and family. Verse 5. And because of their, uh-oh. Y'all read with me? He could not do any miracles except lay hands on. Now, I want to show you what the true blessing Martha is. Lack of faith. It is not, that's right, unbelief. It is not that Jesus did not want to bless them. Lack of faith. It is not that Jesus wasn't able to bless them. It is not that Jesus had, had no desire to bless them. He wanted to do all of that. But God, listen, God will not override your lack of faith. Amen. God will not override your purpose unbelief. He won't do it. And so we come to this place now in 2021, and hopefully you're looking back and evaluating your life, and you should be asking, why am I not further along than I, than I am? Mm -hmm. Sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes it's because of our unbelief. Amen. We just simply don't believe in God. We just simply don't believe in Jesus. Now don't, don't confuse church attendance with Christianity. <laughs> Don't get them too twisted like they mean the same thing. I go to church, so I must be saved. Let me put it to you this way. I bet the women will understand this. I go to work and bring my money home, so I must love you. <laughs> Does that mean that? No. That means I want somewhere comfortable to live too, and I'm going to bring a little money in here so you can't climb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you see, so... When we don't have that full blessed assurance that Christ died for us, some things we just doing, you know, sometimes people just go to church because mama always took them to church and you just in the habit of going. <coughs> then Jesus said, verse 5, because of their unbelief, he could not do miracles among them except, now watch this, they obviously had a few people that believed. Because it was a few people that says that he laid hands on sick people and he healed them. But look at what he says in verse 6. Be amazed at the lack of faith. Now, I've read a lot about Jesus. This is the only time that I see where Jesus was amazed. Hmm. Where the people amazed him instead of him amazing the people. The people amazed him by their lack of unbelief. By their lack of faith, I mean, and their total unbelief. In the Master. Now, Craig, I'm going to be honest with you. We've been friends since 1972. I didn't see your butt name. We done got stone cold drunk. We done done everything together throughout these 40-some years. But let me tell you something, brother. You start raising folk from the dead? <laughs> Hallelujah. You start giving blind folk sight? Amen. If you start healing lame folk and they begin to walk, I got to put all that mess I know about you to the side and realize you're blessed and anointed by God. Amen, 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 amen. And some of us are not amen. wise enough to do that because we know too much about Jesus. And you can see Jesus doing all these miracles and still have no belief. Mm. You can see 
that he raised a man from the dead, and you're still so caught up in yourself and what you want to do. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to move on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's go read out of Matthew. Let's go see what Matthew had to say in Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. We start way in there. Verse 53. Matthew 13, 53. Matthew 13, we're going to start at verse 53. Everybody ready? Amen. Matthew chapter 13, we're going to start at verse 53. The Bible says when Jesus had finished telling these stories and illustrations, he left that part of the country. He returned to Nazareth, his hometown. When he taught in their synagogue, everyone was amazed and said, where do he get these miracles? Then they scoffed. He's just the carpenter's son. And we know Mary, his mom, and his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, Judas, all his sisters, they live right here with us. Where did this man learn these things? And they were deeply offended and, see, I know that word again. Mm -hmm. And they refused to believe in him. Then Jesus told them, a prophet is honored everywhere except his own hometown and among his own family. And so, he did not, he did only a few miracles there. Why? Lack of faith. Because of their unbelief. Don't miss Jesus, church. Amen. Lack of faith. Don't miss Jesus. It's a travesty to come down here or wherever you go, wherever your church home is. It's really a travesty to go there every week, sometimes two, three times a week, and we're still living as heathens. Amen. It's a travesty. Amen. Now let me tell you what the Bible says. The Bible says that John had wrote the book of Revelations and God had instructed him to write letters to the seven churches. And he got down to the church of Laodicea in that third chapter of Revelations and he began to tell the people that God is saying that I wish that you were hot or cold. Now I always like to break that down for people because I don't think we really understand what he's really talking about was a historical fact is that the city that they were living in didn't have hot water. And there was a hot spring miles away, and this was one of the first cities that did underground piping to get the hot water out the springs into the city. That's what he was talking about. I wish that you were either hot or cold, and they understood that because they understood they were dealing with cold water and no hot water. But the analogy he was making was, I want to be, God is saying, if you're going to be cold and you don't want to have nothing to do with God, you don't want to have nothing to do with this Jesus, it's safer for you in your life just to go ahead out there in the world and live. It really is. If you're going to be on fire for God, be on fire for God. I don't need to spend much time explaining that because everybody knows what that one is. The ones of us on fire for God, we wake up early in the morning to get down here on time. Hmm. I might wake up late during the week a little bit to get to that job a little late. Amen. Amen. You don't fight for God. You move, you move heaven and high water to make sure you worship in God. And it ain't worshiping God ain't always done that church. Amen. Worshiping God is going out there on evangelism. Amen. 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 Worshiping God is passing by when you made a little grocery and you pass by somebody that's homeless. You bought two loaves of bread. Go ahead and give them one. That's ministry. Amen. And he said, you don't fight for me if you hack for me. Good. He said, if you don't want to have nothing to do with me if you're cold, and you don't want to have nothing to do with God, 
Stop playing with me acting like you in love. Isn't that the worst thing in the world that somebody can act like they're in love with you but they really not? Isn't that a hurtful thing? That all them years you've been thinking you had this sweet little thing, <laughs> y'all was so in love with one another, and then come to find out you ain't she ain't never loved you or he ain't never loved you in the first place. And no, tell the truth, that's a hurtful thing. Yeah. Yeah. Playing with God, cold on God, just cold. Come when you feel like it. If you need to set a clock, set a clock, but this is important. Amen. Been up since six this morning and can't get here by 10. No, refuse to get here by 10. It ain't, it ain't no obstacles in your way. The only obstacle is you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. But look at what he said. He talked to the ones that was hot. Oh, y'all fire for me. He talked to the ones that was cold. You don't want to have nothing to do with me? I don't want to have nothing to do with you. That's how God is. Didn't Jesus say, if you deny me in front of men, my father will deny you? Amen. See, yeah. what, the church, what the church in America has done, it didn't preach too nice to y'all for so long. When somebody say something hard, you can't take it. You can't handle it. But I'm, I'm quoting what the Bible says. You need to read it for yourself. Amen. But then he gets to this third part. He says, but those of you who want to play lukewarm, he said, I don't I wish, like that. Y'all repulse me. You make me want to vomit. Hmm. That's what that thing means. I'll spew you out my mouth. That's what that means. You make me want to puke. And we got the church is too full of lukewarm people Amen. who purposely making decisions not to go serve the God who gave us salvation, who saved our soul, Amen. who lifted us out of darkness, brought us into his life who lifted us from the sinking mucket mire of sin and cleaned us up. Hallelujah. Amen. Cleaned us up, the Bible says, with the blood of the Lamb. I'm still confused on how blood can clean me up, but I'm sure glad that it does. Amen. Amen. He says that it's through the blood of Jesus that he would wash us and make us white as snow. But some of us are purposely refusing. <laughs> and just because we can buy nice clothes and come sit up in here every now and then, that, you know some of y'all walk through that door like y'all think y'all doing God a favor? You realize that? I made it. You made it, but you missed everything. What no time to give God praise and worship? Come on. Bad, I think I, I now I know 100 percent for sure. Not at this church. Not at this church. I don't want nobody to think that. Not at this church. But I know for sure they had people that waited till after the offering was lifted to come to church. I know for sure. They waited until after they knew the offering. And that's the bad thing about churches getting into that routine where you do everything at the same time every week. See, here, y'all know when we're going to collect the offering. Now, my job as your pastor is to encourage you to do better. Amen. My job as your pastor is not to make you feel good in the filth and monkey mind and sin that we live in. God will, Jesus will, he will leave you behind. Amen. That's what the Bible says. Yeah. But we pumping people up in their sin and making them feel good about it. Not if you don't leave church mad, feeling bad every now and then, something wrong. Something wrong. If you if you can walk out of here whistling Dixie every time, thinking you all that the bag of chips with a grip, something something wrong. Every now and then you should walk out of here almost crying, saying, "God help me." Amen. Every now and then you should walk out of here bleeding because you've been cut by this double-edged sword called the word. Amen. But we're making people feel too comfortable in America and they sin. I don't want to make you feel comfortable in your wrong. I don't want to feel comfortable in my sin. I don't want to feel comfortable in my wrong. 
I need somebody telling me, Pastor, you know you ain't got no business doing that. Pastor, you need to straighten up. I need some good folk in my life who gonna tell me the truth about me. Amen. 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 So don't miss Jesus, church. Amen. Bible says that he stands at the door. Knocking, ASK. And he knocks. Ass seeking knock. Amen. And the Bible says that whoever will open the door and let him in. Be drawn to him. He says that he would come in and he would suck with us. Amen. And we with him. So take this word today as encouragement. Amen. Don't miss Jesus. Come on, tell your neighbor, don't miss Jesus. Don't miss Jesus. Jesus is the only begotten Son of God. They tell me from the Old Testament that he's the living in the back. He's in the living. I read somewhere before that he's the bright and morning star. He said of himself that I am the great I am. Amen. He's the mighty God, the wonderful counselor, the prince of peace. Amen. So he's many, all we need so and even more. So many wonderful things. So I want to encourage you today. Amen. Don't miss Jesus. Amen. Because I want you to know if you miss Jesus, you're missing that. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on, give them all that. Don't miss Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Strive. Do your best. Amen. To come praise and serve and worship God.